Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys. Everything sequel contains explicit language. And why the fudge not, you melon farmer? Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is the Twilight Saga edition. We are pitching sequels today. My name is Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me, the man who says yes to all the Twilight movies being good, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Hello, Tom. Hikers have been killed by a bear. They can't find the bear. <laughs> good job Bella isn't in charge of writing the news. <laughs> That's great. Just to take you all the way back to New Moon and remind you of uh, some of the quality dialogue. I was going to say the best, some of the best quality dialogue from I mean, your that, that second is li- That's lifetime movie. standard. That really is. <laughs> That's a great game, Lifetime or or Twilight. <laughs> oh, that is good. Yeah. I like that. Although, All right. You know, if vampires are mentioned, you probably know it's Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> right. So here's the thing. Mm. Normally in a series like this, <laughs> it would wrap up in such a way that making another sequel would be difficult. Hmm. Twilight Saga? Not so much. They give you... Think? you s- they give you yeah, such no, a I big agree. out. Huh? What's what's left? What's left? <laughs> I was going to say, what's left as if that had an end to the sentence. No, what's left? <laughs> what's left? What are you talking about? Everything what? that happens at the end of Breaking Dawn Part 2 doesn't actually happen. But there's a very the clear The Volturi and the fucking Cullens separate. But everybody's yeah. still alive and you can still battle. Yeah, but he doesn't say, I'll get you next time, Gadget. I no. mean, it's like. <laughs> but all you need, Tom, is, of course, one big misunderstanding <laughs> to okay, ignite another feud. You've got me there. Maybe you could, maybe that misunderstanding would happen before they left. <laughs> no, of course not. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, I didn't. It wrapped up nicely for me. Um, I'm glad you see so much potential. It must be. It must mean it's good storytelling. <laughs> Such a jackass! How dare you? Was but, this uh, so? Was this easy for you, or talk to? Oh, me? it's very hard for me. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm. I think. I think. I can. Yeah. I mean, I think your approach. You've got your. Your like your screenwriter hat on. I think. Yeah, I'm and delighted so by this it's like, pitch. It's like, you know, you're thinking of like what's left on the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, you know, I'm perfectly, perfectly satisfied, <laughs> and all, and and I'm at, I'm attached to these movies in a way that I don't want to fuck with them. And as we know, that's sort of my raison d'être when it comes to big sequels. Thing. Like, how can I fuck with this formula? And I didn't want to do that here. And I, I walked away from a pitch that would do exactly that. 
to a to a more uh, conservative uh, pitch, which I feel is is oh, better I hear that suited first one. to this to this franchise. Yeah, because you know, I'm think I'm I have to think about movies that I would actually watch. <laughs> just well, in case okay. you didn't know i clearly not thinking about that in any other no context of course not um but here's but... a here's an interesting question that i don't think we tackled in the harry potter series do you have to like when you end your series on a yeah. two-parter mm-hmm. is it okay to have another sequel after that has it happened? No, not that I can think of. I can't think of any instances of that. I mean, there's not a lot of two-parters are either. Like beyond Is I, it, it what about Hunger Games? Is the, is the are the two part of the last the last movies in the Hunger Games series as I well? I don't think so, but I don't know if, I don't remember for sure. Hmm. Um I mean, the, I guess I guess the multi-part movie doesn't necessarily have to end the series it could be in the middle of the series Mm -hmm. because all you're essentially saying is this story needs to be told for my harry potter it's more at the beginning because i was you know ready to go 18 more years of sequels (laughs) and you say i like critical judgment (laughs) um yeah it's, it's uh so I, I, it's a really good point. I, I, I think. Well, let's let's see how we both handle it because we're <laughs> de facto doing it. That's true. <laughs> we, we're just by the nature of the format. I know you're gonna want me to go first, but I kind of want you to go first, <laughs> just okay, just as a punishment because you. You loved these movies so much. Yeah, this is your punishment. And by or... the way, you're having and by the way, you're having way too much fun. <laughs> you're right, I forgot that I'm this... seriously disappointed. I like, forgot that these were supposed to be my punishment. When we when we did the like, you know, just to you know, pull the curtain back, we don't necessarily record all of the the each series in one sitting. Oh god. Um uh and in the middle part, it was there are like, only twenty four hours in a day, Tom. Right, we were, we were, you know, we were like, we were laughing, we were joking, we were, you know, doing, and and I got, I left that session, and I was feeling great because, you know, uh, anyone who's who does podcasts or listen to podcasts know when when it goes right, there's nothing better. There's no better yeah. feeling of like when everything gels. And I was like, no, that wasn't the purpose <laughs> of this exercise. <laughs> Some punishment. We're gonna. I'm gonna have to redouble my efforts. To find something seriously alienating. <laughs> um, but uh, what was I talk? What were we talking? <laughs> Saying you're having way. You're way too much fun. Yeah. Well, we were. We were just debating on who should go first. Yeah. I. I'll go first. All right. If you want? Um, I think yours will be worth waiting for and mine wouldn't so <laughs> okay fine um, so i kind of uh, want to know your first pitch do you want to bullet point yeah. that first pitch yeah i'm, I'm gonna I'll, I'll, i'm gonna give you the the origin story of this pitch um <laughs> uh so my initial idea was because i one of the things that i think is inherently 
distinctive and interesting about the vampire genre is what I've referred to before as the Highlander dimension. Not realizing that there is a Highlander sequel called Highlander Dimension. Um, <laughs> by the law of averages, that was going to be true. Uh, but the, this idea that because vampires are immortal, you can go back, you can go to different periods in history, you can mix up the genres. So I wanted to go full, like, dystopian science fiction and, like, take take the idea of, you know, immortal storytelling to the max and set this set my sequel a thousand years in the future. <laughs> you know, as the as the song says, be with you for a thousand years, I'd be like, what would that actually look like? And you know, it'd be like that they, they would basically be there'd be the remnants of the earth before you know I, I was gonna say it sounds like you want to Jason X this shit. Yeah, kind but of. it would be you know the the Earth would be basically you know die the Earth would be, be vampires dying. in a Blade Runner world. Yeah, exactly. So the and the vampires you know would would be there with the last surviving humans, um, and you know I just I t and what stopped me, so I don't think it's I don't think it's a bad idea, because you know when we do vampire stuff we go back in time instead of forward in time, which I'd never really understood, like. If they live forever, why aren't we setting vampire movies in like the year thirty three <laughs> seventy five? You know, right? Uh, when there be, <laughs> you could have a Planet of the Apes uh, vampire crossover. <laughs> patent pending, patent pending. Um, but I just didn't see the potential for romance there, mm -hmm. and that was what held me back. It's all. I also thought of how bummed I would be. If I learned there was a new Twilight movie and then that was the story. Oh, um, okay. So I'm thinking of it from both those perspectives. It's like, how do you, where do you, how do you mine the romance here? Uh, so I went back to the drawing board and um, very, <laughs> this is, this got to be a first. My title for this pitch is simply The Twilight Saga. Breaking Dawn Part Three. Oh, wow. Never happened. Never happened. Uh, not even, I'm not even, I'm not turning any of those letters into numbers. I'm not. Yeah, exactly. No, no unnecessary grammar. It's all, it's a, a playing it, playing it by the numbers. This is um, a Tom Stewart I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> this is how much I enjoy these movies. Um, but the the other part, the other kind of rationale is, as we discussed these movies, I started to realize that the first three movies in the series form a nice uh, three act storyline with you know one movie per act so right. i thought well let's do that with okay. the, All right. let's do that with and and just formally you know formally call it breaking dawn part 3 in the same way that you could have done that with the first three movies it could just have been you know new moon part 1 or whatever mhm mm um so We'll we'll take a it's a little bit of, oh yeah the first thing I have to do this is another first um we have a time machine that we can use here right and pitch a sequel um I'm gonna use it 
to go back in time and change something in Breaking Dawn Part 2. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, not change something, but adds to something. So in the same way Breaking Breaking, I'm not Dawn, sure is, that's the purpose of our time machine, Tom. It's a little ethically dubious, but <laughs> I have this, you know, I have this time machine and uh, we're figuring out the etiquette of that as we go. Um, so in the same way that Breaking Dawn Part 1 ends with a, um, a post-credit sheen, um, I want Breaking Dawn Part 2 to have. So I'm going to add a post-credit scene. Right. Which is basically um, the Voltari walking away from the... Uh, the standoff right and you know everything that might basically we'll we'll get a little recap of ever, of what michael sheen's saying about like you know we're, we're not going to fight them but then he's going to stop in homage to kill bill part two and say then again it was only a vision <laughs> and then he turns to dakota fanning and says um we need to he said he says Bring me a vision. That's all we get. Okay. Um, so that and then so you know that's in in Breaking Dawn Part Two. Yeah. Dong dong. Break. <laughs> Breaking Dawn Part Three um, would be. And I'm going to thumbnail. And I'm going to thumbnail this because I think if you if you get bogged down in the details as I generally do with these pitches. Uh, <laughs> It's never a good thing with these movies. You don't want to ask no, too many yeah. questions. No. So I'm going to keep it fairly superficial and give you the broad strokes and hope that the magic kind the of The movies emerges. are superficial. I expect nothing less. <laughs> a different kind of superficiality. Right. Okay. Um, so uh, Nessie is, is of age. Um, yes. As old as she's going to get. Please, thank you. <laughs> um... And we kind of start with a fake out that she and Jacob are together. But we soon find out that she is, in fact, not with him now, but she's hanging around him because she's in love with one of the the wolf cubs that Jacob is in charge of. All right. Take, Jacob's taken a senior role in the world. So we've we've switched. Pack. From him being the older person in the relationship to her being the older person in the relationship. That's also true. And she's not interested in him romantically, even though, you know, so we we get around that, in, you know, the, the, the creepiness of the imprint. Wait, the one she's she's not interested in the cub? No, she's not interested in Jacob romantically. OK, OK. She's basically said it's not going to happen, even though you're imprinted on me. Oh, right. Um, but she's interested in one of the younger werewolves. I like that um, of her autonomy. Yeah. Listen to um, me. No. The answer's no. No. And then, then we have to go through... And basically, this gives us an opportunity to do like a, a kind of monster version of bringing the new boyfriend home, kind of father of the bride stuff, basically. Except, you know, you have two par- you have two fathers... One of them's a werewolf, and the father and the other father and mother are vampires. But in terms of like everyone being on board with this, it's not what you'd expect. So Jacob is obviously angry because he thought he was going to be with Nessie, and 
for her to pass him over for a, that's, a wolf cub. Yeah, that's two swans that said no thank you. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> that too. Um, Bella, you know, she's still kind of traumatized by what she went through giving birth to Nessie, so she doesn't want to have to deal with that with a with a you know a human werewolf vampire hybrid as well <laughs> right with her own you know with her own do- with her own daughter but and weirdly edward is the only one who's supportive of this relationship okay because he sees a future in which you know all humans vampires and werewolves can live in peace because uh nessie's child would would be mixed between all of them um and also, Nessie's progress is being monitored by Dr. Cullen. And he sort of manages to convince Bella. It's like, we, we know enough at this point that it could be a safe pregnancy. Then we go over... Then we switch to the Voltari, who... Whose new plan to base... Remember, remember they always wanted to get a vampire who had visions? Yes. So they could see the future? Well, they've taken the long way around, and what they've done is they've started making vampires out of clairvoyance. People who are human clairvoyants and turning them into vampires. All right. And so they have like a, a vampire tarot card reader. <laughs> a la live and let die, a kind of... Uh... Oh, 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 come on. Yeah, no, that's what... So, so he, they, 17 and... minutes in, everybody. <laughs> and... um. And she presents the, you know, she does a card reading and she has a card that's the death, the moon. I looked these up, by the way. Death, the moon, and the lovers. <laughs> and a, a deck tarot card reader interprets it as, there's going to be a human-vampire hybrid on the way. All they, right. you know, they put two and two together, realize it's got to be Nessie who is giving birth to this child. And indeed, we find out she is pregnant with the the wolf, the wolf cub. He needs to have like another traditional biblical name, like mm-hmm. Edward and Jacob. So yeah. I've decided on Zebedee. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it'll be called Enoch or something like that. Something, something a bit more straight laced. Um, so yeah, and and the rest of the movie is you know the, instead of them hunting down. The child that results, she's going to be pregnant for most of the movie with this baby, and she has to. They're they're trying to kill the baby before it's born, because they they see it as you know, they will lose all power if there is a a being in the world who represents humans, vampires, and werewolves. There'll be no need for them anymore. Um, and. She goes into, they realize the Voltari are like, you know, hunting Nessie once again, but this time for her unborn child. They go and um, <laughs> they hide with some of the vampires that we met in the other movie, the Egyptian ones. So we get this very, and it's that, and so, you know, I want there to be a very clear, like, Christ allegory and the baby will be born in a stable and, you ah, know, okay. the, and the Romans will be coming to hunt them. <laughs> So it's ticks all those kind of boxes, and I, you know, I don't I think know how you've this... been underselling. This is a this is a great idea, um, but I've, I mean, but ultimately, you know, I want the I want the baby to to survive, 
preferably not digitally. Um, uh, but I don't know how, I don't know the ins and outs of, of how that happens yet, but I want it to be a happy ending, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know how to get rid of the Voltari. I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> okay. So, but yeah, but those are the, that's the basic, the basic premise. All right. So that that's what it will be like if I actually did this job, <laughs> and thought and and made a thoughtful and appropriate sequel. <laughs> I was gonna say, because you've like, not you and you've not I, seen that side of me. Like, yeah. I am capable of it. I just choose not to, not to show that. <laughs> I just like that in your underselling. Before we started, you made it sound like. This was going to be the worst pitch. Like, don't even bother listening to it. Terrible. And then it's just straightforward. Completely makes sense. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely a place the story could and should go. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not what we want on Pitch a Sequel. Yeah. At but least they... not from you. Not from me. No. No. But uh, but there you go, and uh, I I might uh... I might have taken on some of your persona. Oh, just based... oh <laughs> oh not 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 my current persona, my past persona. Okay, yeah. at well, least as, certainly as long for as there's my balance title. in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> because I chose to call my sequel. Oh God, the Twilight Saga, waxing gibbous. <laughs> 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 I don't know why. I don't. I can't go on. I can't. What? What? I don't even know what those words mean. Neither will anybody else. So it's fine. What? Waxing gibbous. <laughs> Waxing gibbous. Just so that everybody in the movie can constantly be saying the waxing gibbous. Let let me tell let me tell you something. At one point, <laughs> I was considering, um, I was considering going with the title, "Dusk Beckons," and I, th- <laughs> I thought about it and thought, nah, people might not get that. That's a little bit, <laughs> a little bit contrived. <laughs> and you give me waxing gibbous. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> What is going on here? We're in the never mind the Twilight Saga. We're in the Twilight Zone. Zone. That's what I did, my friend. I almost want to just end it right there, but I'm not gonna. Oh, you've really come through for me yep. this week. <laughs> We're gonna have visions of the battle of the waxing okay. gibbous. Okay, so what's a gibbous, and why why would it be waxing? Just another phase of the moon, my friend. Gibbous. Yes. The Gibbous Brothers. <laughs> it's about three singers with buck teeth and long hair and beards. We're just sticking with the moon theme, that's all. In yeah. this movie, Rami Malek, pa- playing Benjamin... Well, now that's smart. ...is going to be visiting. We are now... <laughs> Special guest star, yeah. Rami Malek. We are now seven years later... Yeah. Which means that Nessie is a full-grown woman. Mm-hmm. 
because that will make me more comfortable. <laughs> and the romance Because I can sleep at night. Yeah, so I can sleep at night, but she and Jacob are together in my movie. Okay, yeah. That's kind of where the movie suggests it's going. Yeah. The last movie, yeah. So they are together. <laughs> As Rami Malek is visiting, he's going to see that she is studying, for a PhD, I might add, Yeah. Uh, volcanic activity on a computer. He's baffled by these newfangled computers and doesn't like that. And wait, 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 wait. They, they're not Amish. They, I mean... They, they, no, just I just like look... it for the joke of him from Mr. Robot. Oh, but he know, he's aware of technology. Yeah, he's aware of it. But okay. not so much so that there's not going to be a huge misunderstanding because she's going to start telling him about the probability of when Mount St. Helens will erupt again. Now, <laughs> so, so specific. I thought I was being overly specific with the tarot cards. Mount St. Helens is in Washington, so it I plays. Yeah, no. I'm just saying. And it's like directly south of Seattle. Yeah. Which this town seems to be close to. <laughs> when it needs to be, when yes. When it needs to be. So... He sees that she's studying this. Uh-huh. He's asking more about it. He seems very curious very quickly about it. Uh-huh. Because obviously we'll have to retcon this later in the movie. There's going Use my to... time machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. Spin. There's going there's going to be, you know, a uh uh oh what's the word I'm trying to think of? There's going there's going Earthquake? to be like a uh a, a tale foretold, a premonition. A uh, uh, vision. No. Yeah, fine. <laughs> but there's talk. If you know the word, please for, write in. For <laughs> the vampires who have control of fire, there is a legend. I'm going to use legend. Yeah. Legend is what I want. There is a legend that if they are alive during an eruption hmm. of Mount St. Helens. I'll just say Mount St. Helens specifically, but... <laughs> it's a very specific legend. <laughs> but, but it's just foretold of if there's a a fire explosion that yeah. they will lose their fire power. He does not want that. So, Makes total sense to me. He's going to leave. She's going to say... He's, he's going to be listening to her, and she's going to say, look, I can make it do it. And he says, "What?" And she says, "I can make the the uh, I can make the volcano explode." He leaves the room. She hits the button on the computer to just do a computer model of it. This is the biggest misunderstanding in the entire series. What's going? I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> so he does what? not understand that she she doesn't mean she's responsible for it. She was just going to show him something on the computer. He immediately wants to kill the Cullens because he doesn't want to lose his, or mm. specifically he wants to kill her because he, right. he doesn't want to lose his power. Uh-huh. He doesn't want to be found out, however, but he doesn't feel safe going to the Volturi. 
So he goes to uh, Sam. He tells Sam, who's the leader of the wolves, if you remember. Yes. And still, he's going to say that she's going to. That Nessie is specifically going to make Mount St. Helens erupt again. This makes <laughs> Sam go nuts with more misunderstanding that they might be losing their native lands mm-hmm. because she's going to do that. So he says, you should go to the Volturi. The Volturi are up what? for this. Arlo's up for it because if the wolves are on his side, he could attack again and the vision will no longer be complete. Yeah. So we're going to rebattle. Oh, right. I, I I see. So you're 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 going back to the the misunderstanding. Yeah. Equals battle formula. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a do over. A do over. It's a do over. And but what we're going to see is one. Rami Malek, of course, will find yeah, out that he stuff. was mistaken. So as they come to each other, the wolves and the Volturi on one side. And the Cullens, and we'll bring back all our vampire friends, all our people from Brazil and Ireland and God knows where else. Please don't bring back the Irish vampires. (laughs) And we're reconstituting the battle. Now, Arlo is just, he's like a pig in shit because he thinks he's solved his problem. Right. But what he doesn't realize is this. Do you remember the big giant vampire who gets torn to pieces in the vision? Right before he says, finally. Yes. So, that's a source of conflict. (laughs) So Arlo has him destroyed at the beginning of this movie, which the other Volturi don't like. So when they all come together, Ah, A, Benjamin will be with the Cullens, which signals to Sam, hey, what's going on? Yeah. Now, it will turn out that even though she's human, Nessie does have a power, and it's the power to put thoughts in people's minds. And she's going to say, hey, Sam. It's good. Making a mistake, and this is why. And so we got the wolves. We've got Benjamin. We've got the Cullens. And even the Volturi, who have grumblings about what Arlo did, they all descended upon Arlo and just tear him to pieces. And so we again have a battle, no battle. <laughs> and they all decide that they're going to live peacefully from now on. Yeah. Roll credits. Wow. That was the that was the reaction I wanted. That yeah. that one word. Wow. I mean, I can't underline how eerie it is to like not not only that you come up with a pitch that I could have come up with, <laughs> but that even the way you're breaking it down, yes, like unnecessarily, de- unnecessarily detailing the dialogue. <laughs> so he goes into that, into that, and then he shuts the door, and it's like it's it's crazy. That's the best. That's Thank the you. best sequel I never pitched. Thank you. <laughs> no, but there's some really great stuff in there. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I like what's kind of interesting is like I don't I don't I didn't know how to end mine but I I would I would do something similar it, it makes sense plus um, plus 
everybody in this movie is constantly going to be saying, we're, we're going to have to battle on the waxing gibbous. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I wouldn't end with that. <laughs> um, yeah. I thought you were going to say that every, <laughs> everyone in the movie at some point would have to say he deserves to know. <laughs> yeah, I did forget that. Uh, yes, that's fascinating. Yeah, I think um, while that's crazy, as I'm sure you know, it's oh yes. it's an in context craziness. Exactly because you have misunderstanding, battle that never happens, um, happy ending, uh, with all the characters. Um, as we know them in place. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. And I mean, you know, I'm going to have to beef it up because we haven't even talked about, you know, obviously there's going to be the romance between Jacob and Nessie. Yeah, and might we're going to have two movies, Mike. We're going to, yeah, we might have to break it into two movies. It's going to be, you know how these movies are going like to have to... that, that thing between the parents and, and the children. Yeah. <laughs> You know how these um, these movies like to take their time where romance is concerned. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. Waxing. I still Gibbous think I still one. think there's room for movement on the title. Waxing Gibbous parts one and two. <laughs> so so what what okay what is a wax what is a waxing Gibbous what does it look like? Almost full. We'll just call it Om- <laughs> the Twilight Saga. Almost full moon. <laughs> hey, no one's used full moon. That's Can't true. Can it just be full full moon? Here, I'll show it to you. We got wanning and wait, yeah. waxing, wanting. Yeah. To justify my love. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, full moon. You should call it full moon, but that's my only note. Everything else, yeah, maybe, maybe uh, you could take another pass at the computer volcano subplot. Come on, that's the that's the best misunderstanding for the entire series. I think I think that only it works. finally lays out bare how ridiculous all these misunderstandings are, unless unless you substitute Remy Malik with like a. Uh, a vampire who's like such a vampire purist he refuses to like acknowledge modern technology beyond the era that he was right. born i think that would work there. this might be a springboard for a whole nother thing because like i also i also started thinking ideas about uh you know are the parents are the vampire parents going to make their child immortal once she's an adult What's that do to Jacob? Do they make Jacob a, a vampire werewolf? Well, that's a bit... I mean, that is the... the it's also why the um, Twilight Saga A Thousand Years pitch fell yeah. down. It's like, because then the Jacob couldn't be there. Unless you turn him into a vampire. But I don't know what... I don't know if you can turn a werewolf into a vampire. These are important questions that need to be answered. <laughs> my, my, my feeling is no... <laughs> <laughs> My but, feeling is yes. 
and you can spend until, five until the movies movie trying us. to convince him to do it. Well, but we had that when when look at me here pitching for more sequels to <laughs> beyond just the one. Um, when the vampire baby came about, there was a similar conversation where, I mean, the first thing I wrote is based on everything I know, this is impossible for her to give birth to a vampire baby. <laughs> and then they have that conversation in the movie. They sort of say, I didn't think it was possible. And I'm like, oh, well, there's legends of, so I guess, I guess nothing is off the table mythologically. Clearly. In this series. Interesting. So, well, wax, uh, waxing gibbous. Yeah. Breaking Dawn Part Three. All right. Yeah, it's great. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you've definitely got choices. I'll say. <laughs> no, there's no. <laughs> there's definitely no overlap between these two <laughs> ideas. In the best possible way. In the best possible way. All you have to do, all you have to do, dear listeners, is decide which one you want more. So, if you'd like Tom's Breaking Dawn Part 3, let us know. If you like my waxing gibbous, <laughs> Part by, one all and mean, two. by all means, we'll set you a, an appointment to have your head checked. <laughs> I, I think it's a winner. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have to let us know. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Send us an email to everythingsequel at gmail.com. For Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions, I am Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. We'll be back next time for another series. We'll be ranking. Say goodbye, Tom. How about Face Punch? How of that? <laughs> Did you pick that one just after my pitch? <laughs> like to give me a face punch? All right. So long, everybody. <laughs> I like to think I know something about beer. But nowadays, even I get overwhelmed when confronted by the exhaustive selection of craft beers they have at bars, breweries, and even grocery stores. Back in the day you had one, maybe two craft beers to choose from, and if you were confused, you ordered a Guinness. But in beer stations like San Diego, the craft beer options lately are in double, sometimes even triple, digits. So what's a beer drinker to do? You need what I need. The Vegas Beer Guys. Your beer of choice should be a perfect blend of malt and hops. And so a live show about beer needs that same balance. And the Vegas Beer Guys matches beer expert Dan Aker with self-proclaimed beer novice Stephen J. Weiss. The results are eminently drinkable. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sherpas guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pint. God, I need a beer.